I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, you want to talk about the past? Yeah, I do. 1918, that is a year that we have heard repeated in uh, newscasts and conversations ever since the the coronavirus showed up because, of course, that was the year the Spanish flu took hold of the world. We uh, continue to learn more about our fight against the coronavirus uh, by looking back at the Spanish, 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 (laughs) Spanish flu years. Uh, Two things have caught my attention today, and my takeaway after exploring these two new findings is that Uh, All will be well in the end, and that normalcy is something, in fact, that we can look forward to. Uh, The the Spanish flu, it killed tens of millions of people around the world between 1918 and 1920. And it turns out that it never really went away. And the coronavirus isn't going away either. The Washington Post recently uh, dove into this issue and talked and explained exactly what it means that the Spanish flu, which, again, as I said, killed tens of millions of people around the world a hundred years ago, it never really went away. And the coronavirus, while we will uh, hopefully develop a a vaccine and uh, get near something uh, akin to herd immunity and maybe the virus itself will diminish, uh, will not go away itself. The Washington Post reports the longer the influenza virus existed in a certain community, this is uh, the Spanish flu back in 1918, between 18 and 20, uh, the longer it existed in a certain community, the less lethal the sickness was. This is according to uh, an epidemiological study cited uh, by Barry, the Great Influenza. It notes that the virus, quote, the virus was most virulent or most readily communicable when it first reached the state and thereafter it became uh, generally attenuated, meaning that uh, when it struck, at first it struck hard and it struck swiftly, and as time went on, uh, it appeared to, uh, to lose strength. The Washington Post continues saying that by 1920, the influenza virus, uh, while still a threat, there were fewer people dying from the disease. Some scientists at the time started to move on to other research. Uh, And and this researcher, Barry, wrote that William Henry Welch, a famous pathologist from Johns Hopkins University who was studying the virus, found it, quote, humiliating that the outbreak was passing away without experts truly understanding the underlying cause of the disease. Imagine that. Uh, the, The relief 
was found uh, amongst our great nation without these scientists being able to uh, discern exactly what was going on and what is the underlying cause of this disease. Well, uh, it turns out the nature of the disease was moving a little quicker uh, than the scientists were able to, and it, uh, it simply dissipated, as uh, was the notion, or as was the, the nature uh, of the virus. And these experts are saying that, uh, well, in fact, uh, that there is a similar, uh, a similar thing shaping up here uh, with the coronavirus. Uh, Welch continues, uh, as reported in the Washington Post, uh, Welch uh, didn't predict... Uh, what he didn't predict was that the virus never truly went away. All right, the, the Spanish flu never went away. In 2009, uh, a pair of influenza experts with the National Institutes of Health, along with, and I get this, along with uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, published uh, uh, an article which explained how the descendants of the 1918 influenza virus have contributed to a pandemic era that has lasted for the past hundred years. In 2009, when this article was published, the H1N1 influenza virus uh, was in public circulation. And according to the study, it was the fourth generation descendant of the novel virus from 1918. So the Spanish flu, this novel virus, appears in 1918. And over the span of the past hundred years, uh, it has changed form some four times. And that when H1N1 reared its head in 2009, that was merely a resurgence of the Spanish flu. Can you believe that? And now what does that mean? What does that teach us about uh, COVID-19 and the future of COVID-19? What it teaches us is that we really shouldn't be alarmed. There is good reason to be positive and optimistic. And while the Spanish flu is still around in one form or another, the nature of viruses or is for them to mutate, change, and ultimately diminish in their lethality. That's what happened with the Spanish flu. That's what's expected uh, with the coronavirus. Uh, the Atlantic, you know that publication? The Atlantic uh, tackled this very question. And uh, the Atlantic says that the, in the best case scenario, best case scenario, a vaccine and better treatments will blunt COVID-19's severity, making it a much less dangerous and less disruptive disease. And that over time, uh, COVID will become, and I get this, imagine this, over time, COVID will become just another seasonal respiratory virus like the four other coronaviruses that cause a sizable proportion of common colds. Yeah. Best case scenario, we continue to endure. We get a vaccine. The treatments improve. Uh, maybe you and I develop some kind of herd immunity. Uh, but, but best case scenario, this COVID-19 ultimately diminishes and changes in such a way that it becomes just like the common cold. The, the, the cold coronaviruses are so common that we have all had them likely at some point, even multiple times. They can cause serious outbreaks, especially in the elderly, but they're usually mild enough to fly under the radar. And so, how about that? That our end game may ultimately be that the COVID-19 virus becomes simply the fifth coronavirus that regularly circulates among humans. The, the Atlantic uh, continued uh, along these lines talking about virologists and uh, what they have wondered over time, and that is uh, whether the common cold coronaviruses also got their start as a pandemic. 
before settling in as routine viruses. So the other uh, the other coronaviruses, uh, I could bore you with the uh, with their names, but they're two two nine E, OC four three, NL six three, and HKU one. Those are the other coronaviruses that uh, are really the the common cold. I don't know how this research could be undertaken, but if we could somehow like unring the bell and follow one of these coronavirus strands back in history far enough, we may find, as is speculated and wondered about by these virologists, maybe, maybe there were other uh, eras of pandemic uh, on this planet, which were uh, the first generation of the common cold. It's a fascinating thing. In 2005, there was a biologist in Belgium who studied uh, the mutations, and uh, that's where that understanding came from, that uh, we very likely right now are able to easily dismiss and walk away from uh, the common cold, uh, but that years and years and years ago, it may have wiped out uh, massive percentages of the population. So that's a, a little thing that caught my attention that uh, the coronavirus, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, best case scenario, uh, just kind of dissipates and turns into a pesky little sniffly nose. And hopefully that's the case. Uh, and hopefully you and I will be able to someday emerge on the other side of the coronavirus era, returning to something resembling a new normal. All right, a quick break. When we return, uh, how about the announcement yesterday from Mayor Mendenhall that Salt Lake City is going to transition now to the yellow phase? That's pretty good. Yellow. Uh, One of the last remaining holdouts here in the state of Utah. The last one? That's it? We're all yellow now? Yellow or green? Okay, cool. What does that mean for business? What does that mean for business? We're going to be speaking with the general manager of a a hotel here, downtown Salt Lake City. What does it mean, uh, this announcement? Uh, Business has been impacted negatively. Can it return? We'll speak with uh, Hilton General Manager next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.